Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, time for another media spotlight edition of the JS podcast. And it's my pleasure to welcome back, as always, my two guys who help me break it all down media wise. We have Eric Lopez and Adam Eaton here with us. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's good to be back. Uh, no bye weeks for us, unlike some of the NFL commentators this week. Yeah. Your Ooh. boy Nance. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for having us back, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess Tony and, and Jim couldn't make it this week, so we'll be happy to fill in for him. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we'll get you guys the A game in, in in the four o'clock block on Sunday, and uh, let you go at it. So that'd be that'd be good stuff. All right, so uh, we're gonna be kind of heavy on the NFL in this edition of the podcast. So let's kind of jump on that. And of course, the one of the first things that comes to mind was. Uh, this past uh, Sunday night, when lo and behold, we had Mike Tirico and Jason Garrett, Eric's favorite, Adam's favorite, <laughs> or not? Uh, man, talk about a talk about a dud of a broadcast. Of course, Chris Collinsworth was spending more time with his family. So, isn't that the excuse everybody everybody breaks out? <laughs> Even though his kid was actually working the pregame show. Yeah. <laughs> so, and again, you know, it's uh, it. Jason Garrett certainly brings a lot of uh, negativity uh, when it comes to the social media stuff with with his uh, appearances, especially when they move him out of the studio into the booth. So, uh, gentlemen, share your disappointment. <laughs> Adam, he was your former coach. I'll let you go first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got some good insight, right? He spent a lot of years in the NFL as a quarterback on the sidelines, head coach, offensive coordinator he, he knows a lot of football he just comes across so i don't smarmy that's the word i don't even know the word i want to use in the boot like there's that there's that viral meme of him and the camera pans to him and he like stares at the camera deadpan with like a fake smile it just doesn't come across natural to me there's nothing about his personality that kind of pulls you in uh you know his voice is even a little bit odd and annoying at times i don't i don't know if he has quite the the understanding of what's what may be interesting to the viewer um and he talks in a lot of platitudes i mean in the studio you can stomach him because you only get like 10 seconds of a time and then you move on to somebody else but in the booth where i got to do four hours with him it was it was a bit of a gut punch and i do think there's an element to be fair to jason garrett which i don't like to do often but every august 8th i celebrate jason garrett day eight and eight right um <laughs> to be fair to him when you tune in expecting collinsworth and then you get garrett you've already started off on a bad, bad foot right like if you tuned in expecting a, a another bad broadcaster and you got garrett you're probably like oh here we go but you went in expecting collinsworth who i think is at a certain level i think people expect a certain broadcast and then all of a sudden it's garrett i think a lot of people were just turned off from that and and from that perspective initially so i don't I don't know if he could salvage that part, but he just doesn't have the personality for this. Doesn't have the, you know, the understanding, doesn't know what's interesting, doesn't connect with the viewer. Again, I'm sure he's really smart about football, but a lot of smart football people just don't do a great job in the booth. See Drew Brees if you need more details on that. Yeah. He thinks he's the funniest guy too, right? Like every, like he has to throw in the comment. Like there was a part where they were talking about Maria Taylor in the studio and they were trying to make it funny. He's like, Oh, doesn't she look great? And Mike's like, what? <laughs> like he's got to add like a little punchline to everything. He's Mr. Cliche. I don't understand what these executives see though. 
they picked him out because he did some USFL games and apparently they liked it. Why? That's what I don't understand. Uh, at least, you know, in years past, they would do a three-man booth and include Tony Dungy. At least that's off the table. But, man, it was uh, it was rough. I mean, I knew Collinsworth was going to skip a game because that's become the trend now where he'll skip one of the two games on Thanksgiving week. Uh, I didn't know it, it turned out it would be the Sunday game. And, uh, yeah, you, you kind of appreciate Chris Collinsworth more when he skips a game. That's really the smart move if you're a commentator. Just take a game or two off and people realize, oh, you know what? We miss him. Can we bring him back? Like, you know, Cousin Sal, who, like, they always, him and Bill Simmons kind of mock Collinsworth on their show because he gets overly excited about things. They were like, look, if you come back, you don't, we won't make fun of you again. <laughs> That's how rough it was. And, uh, and Tariko, see, I, I like Tariko, but I think Tariko is a little overrated as a play by play from this standpoint. I don't think he brings out the best in the commentary analyst. Like other guys do. Now, I'm not saying anybody can for Jason Garrett, but he's kind of stuck with him. And he, he can't really hide his flaws there. We saw that when he worked with Breeze. He's, Mike Tirico's had some rough luck as far as if it's not Chris Collinsworth, it's been rough for him in the NFL games on NBC. Yeah. And, you know, and I guess you know, that's one of the things Collinsworth is kind of, uh, you know, because you said you take a game off, you see how bad the backup is, right? Uh, and NBC not having that depth to cover that. Although, you know, an upcoming game here in December, Peacock's getting an exclusive NFL game, and they've assigned Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge to do that. They're they're uh, Big Ten guys, which I think is a great move there because, you know, too bad they couldn't have ported Todd Blackledge in for Sunday Night Football. That would have been a much better pick there. Well, you know, they, they needed him for that big Penn State-Michigan State game on Black <laughs> Friday. You know, uh, they can't, you can't get him off on that. Thank goodness they're going to use Blackledge on the NFL because I was wondering up the whole year, I know Todd Blackledge is getting compensated very well, so let's not feel sorry for him, but I'm like, did he really make the right move here? He's getting the crappy Big Ten game. Like, he's always going to get the third best game. What's in this for him? And now with the end, I'm like, the only way this is justified for him, if he gets some NFL added to it, and you just mentioned it, he's going to get to do an NFL game uh, in December. Is it the Peacock game or is it the NBC game? Because I, I I didn't know which. I, I heard Tariko and Collins were going to do one of them. And maybe they would do the Peacock and that Blackledge and, and Eagle would do the NBC broadcast, etc. I think the other thing is you got to believe that Eagle and Co- and Blackledge will do one of the uh, playoff games that NBC will get uh, as well. Please, for the lo- just do that. Do not bring back Tony Dungy or Jason Garrett, for the love of God. Yeah. Adam? Well, is, is Al Michaels still in the mix? Does he still have that deal with NBC where he does a playoff game? Is that Was that a one-year I thing? believe he's going to be doing a playoff game, so it's going to be well, Al and Michaels I, and somebody, I, right? I think, well, and I think NBC gets like three games yeah, they playoff Yeah, they games. got a surplus so, this year, yeah. Which is kind of wild. One, one of them being on Peacock exclusively. I'm curious how that goes, eh? Because I don't, I don't know how much Peacock is as... Um, permeated households these days with all the streaming services. So I'm curious what those numbers look like. I think Blackledge is a smart choice. He's a solid broadcaster. I like Noah Eagle. Young, up and coming. He's done some 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 games. I think he's in the Clippers now um, as their play-by-play guy. Obviously, the the pedigree with his dad. So I think it's a good booth. And and I agree with Eric. Like I actually forget that Blackledge is still around because I don't often find myself looking for that Michigan State Penn State game <laughs> on, on a late Saturday night. So um, I, I, I haven't really even noticed. I don't 
I think I've caught maybe one game they've done this year. I think it was an afternoon game. They were doing, they were doing some broadcast, but it'll be good to get him back in the spotlight. Obviously, you know, he's been around football. He's a, he's a, he's a professional broadcaster. I think he's a little bit more interesting than, than Jason Garrett. I think Garrett just tries too hard. Right. And, and it's almost like it's not natural. I think it'll be more natural for Blackledge, but I'm curious to figure out how this, I, I wish the streaming numbers were things that they released more regularly. And Elon, maybe you know better than I do. Do you see streaming numbers? Do you see how many people watch the Notre Dame Akron game on on Peacock? Is that available? <laughs> well, I don't. We don't get those. But what I can tell you, NBC's Peacock subscriber list has blown up because, mm-hmm. in part, because of the Big Ten game and the fact that they have made people aware. Hey, if you want to watch the NF, this NFL game, or if you're going to watch this NFL playoff game, you're going to have to have Peacock. So a lot of people have taken notice of that. That's part of the deal with the Big Ten. They're carrying Big Ten basketball and things like that. They've carried Big Ten football throughout the year. So from a subscriber list, it's worked out. The one game that actually people watched that he did was the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, if you remember that. That That might have been the one I saw him on that, yeah. Everybody did. It did a big number. Uh, and so that was the game he got. They did not put him to do Notre Dame-USC, which was, you know, that's when everybody complained because he had Jock Collinsworth and Chris Collins, and, and not Chris Collinsworth, it was uh, Garrett, I think. Yeah, yes. Garrett does all the Notre Dame games. And Notre yes. Dame just re-upped, too. I hope Notre Dame, when they re-up, part of the deal is, hey, can you actually give us good commentators now that we've, re- you know, excited? Hire Mike Golick. Oh, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It really is. Hire Mike Golick and Mike Golick. Get every Golick you can find. It's not that hard, NBC. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. That- it's not that hard. Yeah, absolutely. So well, and Ted and, Robinson, by the way, is an NBC, a Notre Dame alum, former NBC guy. Bring him back and do the Notre Dame games with Mike. It also, it just speaks to the power of the NFL and probably football at large. But the NFL, to your point, Eric, where if there's there's one game on a streaming service, people are going to go download it. People need it, right? I don't know how many of you had Amazon Prime as a service prior to prior to that contract, but you got to go get that one, right? So it just speaks to the power of the NFL and football in general, but the NFL specifically that you tell people, hey, you're going to have a standalone game on this network and this channel. You need this streaming device. And the the degenerates are going to come out in full force and they're going to be watching reruns of night court right after they're watching football because <laughs> they, they can't live without their football, which is fantastic. Or signing up for that quick seven-day trial to get the uh get the football game right um yeah it, it, and and of all the streaming services based on what i know i you know peacock is the one probably struggling the most uh out there as far as sports is concerned which is the why they've game. been very aggressive in this move and it's working they're getting more subscribers i know this is shocking but people actually rather watch nfl football on on uh, streaming than you know english premier league i know it's a stunner <laughs> Well, you don't know this, Jeff. Uh, so a little behind the curtain situation here. Eric and I are also a part of another program called Around the Kingdom, ah, uh, where yes. we talk to UCF. And before the show, every week, Jeff, every week, Elo has a 10-minute off-air diatribe about the MLS and what they're doing on Apple TV. So I don't, I, I'm surprised to hear him also continue to bash soccer because he is no fan of the MLS. And I love soccer. And I, you know, at least English Premier League is easier to find on Peacock. Does anybody find an MLS playoff game? Right now. Nobody has any idea except Trace Troco. And he doesn't even know. And even he doesn't really know. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. It's bad. Yeah, and he's a season ticket holder. Uh, so you're saying that Apple TV thing isn't what it's cooked up to be for MLS? No. I mean, they were bad with baseball. Jeff, I remember you complained about the the Apple package for base, Major League Baseball there. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I will say Amazon has done a really good job. I have Amazon. 
And I'm one of the suckers, too, because I was watching the Dolphins-Jets game on Black Friday while also buying stuff from Amazon. So they, that's, <laughs> you know, I know they said that they didn't draw a big number, 9 million. Hey, 9 million is 9 million, and we're not including the people that were on Amazon that bought a bunch of stuff like I did. So including this new microphone that I'm using for this show. Oh. What did you guys think of the What did you guys think of the Black Friday game? It was kind of in a weird time, like 3.30 in the afternoon, smack dab in between college football. I mean, obviously college had always ruled Black Friday. Obviously, the NFL wanted a piece of that. A really weird, odd time. I yes. remembered it was on, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is on right today. Like, what would you make of the Black Friday game? Do you think the NFL will continue to try that? Oh, yes, I, they, they will. They definitely I, will. Yeah, they will. And I, I know this because I actually listened to one of the NFL scheduling people, and he was asked about this on a podcast. And the three o'clock is what the reason they did that is because they want to have all options as far as East Coast teams, West Coast teams, etc. Like, you can't can't if you play if you play the game at noon well then there you take out the west coast teams out of the equation as far as hosting that game three o'clock is kind of right in the middle for them and they feel like that's still in, in an area where a lot of people would still watch a lot of people could still go on amazon and buy stuff if you're interested so i think that's what they decided the problem was we were stuck watching tim boyle play quarterback for the jets <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah which as a dolphin fan i enjoyed i can't but as far as the rest of the football fans probably not yeah well, it's interesting too because now, would I if I only, so I have two TVs in my man cave, so I put the NFL on one and college on the other. If I had a single TV, would I have watched the pro game? I don't know because I'm, I'm still kind of a more of a college guy on Black Friday, but uh, you know, but the the option is there, and you know, and the NFL's taking over. They're taking that. They're taking Christmas Day. They're they take it. over everything. They can take over whatever they want. Like, the, I mean, you're, no disrespect, but your Cowboys game against that garbage Washington team mm. is one of the most watched NFL games of all time. It did over 41 million viewers. It's a great game. It was a great game, too. <laughs> For <laughs> Cowboys. Goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Like, I'm, we needed like, that, Eli. Yeah, yes. I know, but I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch college hoops. Who would watch this game? And the, the answer is everybody's watching this game. It's unbelievable. The NFL can't do no wrong. Yeah, they they certainly have that. They have, you know, they're just printing money. You know, you know what we're giving. We got inventory. The networks and the streaming services are you know going to fall all of themselves to back up the trucks and hand them the good hand them the dough. You know, I will admit I have a hard time. I know it's been what a decade now they've done this. I still have a hard time adjusting to that eight p.m. Thanksgiving game because you've been up early. You're eating. You're cooking. You're hanging out with family and friends. Maybe you're you know having a couple glasses of wine by eight o'clock on Thanksgiving night. If you if you've hosted. It's it's prime time nap time at that point. I've, I had a hard time adjusting. I always have to that eight o'clock game because I kind of forget it's on. Maybe it's because I'm a cowboy fan. So the either the 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 self pity of us blowing another game, which happens in a lot of Thanksgivings, or the euphoria of us finally winning a game. Maybe I, I just don't remember it. But I always forget about that that the eight o'clock game that's on every Thanksgiving night. I feel like that's one where I'd I'd love that at a different time slot. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. The problem is, what time slot do you do it? Like because the Lions yeah. have the twelve thirty slot. So yeah. you're not moving, and they're not yeah, going to move, yeah. and they're not moving the Cowboys in around that four o'clock slot. They're oh, not never, moving them out no. of that slot. Never. Yeah, I guess happen. maybe. Do you need a third game on 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 Thursday? Does Friday become a double header at some point? Maybe like, do you need that third game on a Thursday? You know, I don't know. That could. Now that's interesting. That could be something they might adjust to, and maybe Chris Collinsworth would benefit from that, so he doesn't buy fish uh, like the story he bucks worth uh, of fish. told. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the funniest stories ever. I mean, it was really. <laughs> <laughs> 
You, can you expense that? You think is that on the NBC expense report? <laughs> it's somebody's expense. That's that's for sure. Who's 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 in charge of sending the fish over to his house? I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> how does that work? Um, anyway, but hey, he can say it's a market price, so he, he's got that going for him. Um, and it's interesting you you talk about the you know the Amazon Thursday game. Now I very rarely tune that in. I now obviously I have to tomorrow night because Cowboys are on. But I very rarely tune that in because the Thursday night game to me is just such garbage. Uh, you know, weekly Thursday night games is a bad product, but it also goes back to the fact people still want their NFL and they will suffer through a bad product <laughs> just to just to watch. The no, that's the game. point. That's the beauty of it is like people will watch like the Vikings and the Bears, which was an atrocity of a game. I think drew like seventeen million on Monday night. We will be willing to watch garbage football. That's just, they got you. They've got you suckered in. That's why I don't think they'll ever put the Cowboys uh, Thanksgiving against a marquee team because why bother? Like, look at what just happened. They got over $40 million to watch, force you to watch Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the genius. You don't have to burn a good game on a holiday or on Amazon. Now they've given Amazon some decent games. I think Dallas, you know, getting Dallas is big for them. Um, but that's the beauty of it. We're going to watch because it's the only NFL game out. What are, what are, what else are you going to watch on a Thursday night? I don't even know what else is on right now. I mean, it's college yeah. basketball is about the only other thing. Well, I mean, really. Yeah. Stunt to UCF live is also. We can multitask. Point, <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually, to you, I have it on the TV when I record. I, I haven't heard a Thursday football game in a long time. I have it on mute and I watch like just the pictures of it. And after usually the show ends, you know, we sit around and, and chat for a little bit and sometimes I turn the volume on. So I haven't heard a Thursday night game in a, in a long, long time. Maybe the first couple of minutes of one, but it's been a minute since I've actually heard one, Jeff. So I kind of agree with you. It's almost like just background fodder, like while I'm doing something else, like, yeah, I'll turn the Thursday night game on. Oh, look at this. Titans, Texans can't wait. Right. And before you know it, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> the problem with Amazon, obviously, it's not you can't flip a channel. You have it yes. on and that's it. And I've had this trouble because I've actually have tried to balance the uh, the Amazon game and Suns Live, and it's very complicated on my computer. So a lot of times, I'll have the Amazon game on mute so I can listen to Suns Live because I can't watch Suns Live. Because if I watch Suns Live, then I can't watch the Amazon thing goes away. So that's a, that's been annoying. It's been very bizarre. Well, there you go. Yeah, I put Suns Live on the tablet while I'm watching watching stuff. So uh, there you go. Free, there you, uh, go. you got plenty of pub free publicity well, yes. there, Adam. Now, there you go. T- tomorrow night's game will be interesting because I, I I will need to at some points listen to what's happening on Suns Live, but I will be more glued to the Cowboys game. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. I think it's once a year. Usually, it's the game after Thanksgiving. The Cowboys end up on Thursday night, so it's one time a year I have to figure out a way to you know keep doing it. It's easy to record a regular podcast where if I'm not listening or watching, nobody cares, but live on video. (laughs) As long as the guests don't ask you (laughs) a follow-up question, you'll be fine. I got to act like I'm listening to Trey, so I'll I'll figure that out. Adam, Adam, Adam. Oh, Oh, that was me. Sorry about that. Well, Jeff will be on the show, but he's taped, so he's good to go, right? I know, I know. Maybe I'll tape my portion and just just, just keep hitting play every time Trace throws it to me. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll do some extra work. (laughs) There you go. See, technology is a beautiful thing. Um, I love it. Yeah, so we were talking about Thanksgiving. We're talking about uh, NFL action. So I wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts. You know, we've talked about Tony Romo a lot and his ascension what some people consider a regression. Uh, I've caught him a handful of times this year, um, but wanted to get your guys' take. Do you think he's 
improving, gotten worse, or still status quo? I don't. I, here's here's what I know. I tuned into the Eagles Bills game on Sunday. It was a great game if y'all haven't seen it. Right, the the I think it was the Eagles were driving down late or something, and um, it was fourth and seventeen. And there's a little bit of time left in the clock. And Tony Romo says to Jim Nance, you think they try a fake here? On fourth and bleep in 17, <laughs> Tony Romo asks in the booth, and they need a they need a kick to win. They need this to, to tie the game. They need this to go to overtime. He asks with the straight, straight face, do you think they're going to go for a fake? I don't know if he's just trolling all of us at this point and just knows that everybody thinks he's a buffoon and is just like, well, I might as well lean into this and be the, the buffoon. <laughs> or if he really was in his mind, like thought that thought and was like, I should say this out loud. I need that answer. Part of me hopes, again, I'm an admitted cowboy homer. I own two NFL jerseys in my life. I have a Darren Woodson jersey and I have a Tony Romo jersey, the only two jerseys I own. And so I hope he's just playing the buffoon card because now that's kind of his thing and his shtick. I fear he's not though, and that's and that's the concerning part. Is so to answer your question, Jeff, I think he's. I don't think I think the regression has continued. I don't. I don't know if it's any worse, but it's almost like now he's becoming more of a caricature of himself by doing things like. Do you think they fake it on fourth and seventeen when they need a field goal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is he? Le- yes. Yeah, is, is is it real or is it sarcasm? Right. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> well, I think the problem is he thinks. Yeah, he's trying to be funny. And the thing that drives me nuts is he'll ask Jim Nance, like, for his opinion, which is like, what? I don't know who cares. Like, we cares with Jim. Jim, hey, Jim, would you go for it here, Jim? I don't know, Jim. You know, like, that, no, that's your job, Tony. You're getting paid. We want to know what you would do. And what's frustrating is there are times when he's really good. When it gets really serious, he'll actually analyze it good. But now he feels like he's got to be goofy all the time. Like he's got you know, like the Dolly Parton thing. He wouldn't let that go. And Jim is like, like, can we just move on already? Like, let's go. Uh, I think Tony, I've said this about him. I think he thinks he's more than just a football analyst. I think he thinks he's a broadcaster. He's an entertainer. And I think he's trying to do too much of that. When in reality, if he just does the comic, you know, analyze the game, he's good when he's good at it. But he gets this goofy side of him and he still hasn't figured out. My goodness, when a play-by-play makes a big call, like Jim Nance made a great call on the uh, defensive back. Deron Bland. Bland's interception. Bland. Oh, was an incredible call. And I will like, give just, it to him for that. That was absolutely Oh, awesome. I mean, it was. I mean, the game was out of hand, but it was a great call, historic. He was on top of it, and they scored the touchdown. And Robo jumps out. Oh, it's a great call by you, Jim. Like, no, shut up. <laughs> Get lay out, man. That's the whole point of broadcasting. They've taught me this. In a big moment like that, lay out. You don't have to talk, Tony. Stop talking. That's that. That oh, it drove me nuts. Yeah. You, Here's you... the thing that's interesting about about Romo, though. Like, I was thinking about this recently. You think about a lot of the other top analysts for networks. Troy Aikman. You see him on on podcasts, on shows throughout the week. Greg Olson is around, right? You can see him on Dan Patrick a couple times a week. Tony does zero media. He's never on anybody's show. Everybody these days has their own podcast. I get that, right? But And maybe that's not Tony's thing. That's fine. But he doesn't do anything to promote the game that's coming up. He doesn't do the rounds with media. Very rarely talks. I mean, you you, you can hear Buck and Aikman and and Burkhardt and Olsen. You can hear those guys pretty much any day you want. Herb Street's on on damn television all the time. Al Michaels on damn Pat. I mean, you hear the lead voices. You never hear Tony Romo. And it makes me wonder, does he does he really take this serious? Does he need this? Does he understand everything that comes with the job? Or to him, is it just to your point, Eric, I'm going to roll in on Sunday. Oh, man, let's 
that. And he's just going to leave and go back home and wear sketchers and hit golf balls, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But don't cheat the audience then at that point, right? If you're not invested, then don't then don't be invested. Then then and cash out, move on, hit golf balls, wear sketchers, and call it a day. I think part of the reason he doesn't do it because he did a PTI once, like in his first year or so. And he talked about he doesn't like to do the interviews because he doesn't want to offer too many. This is a weird answer he gave. But he doesn't want to throw opinions that people might think he knows sway the game. Like he feels he wants to get the information from the players and coaches when he has those. And he wants to keep it to himself. He does not want to blurt out what they say. That was his reasoning why he doesn't do those shows. I think that's kind of nuts. Uh, but that's what he said. There was an aura around it at first, but you're right. He does not versus the other guys that do it. Like Troy Aikman was on PTI as we recorded this uh, and, and has taken advantage. I Troy Aikman, because Troy used to be like that. Troy didn't do a lot of interviews in the yeah. first handful of years. And I think somebody, and Adam, you've brought this up. Somebody, whether it's his agent or somebody, told Troy, like, Troy, just be more open and whatever. And he's taken off from that point yeah. on. And, it, and maybe that's what Romo needs. Maybe somebody, maybe Jim or somebody needs to tell Tony, Tony, lighten up, man. Do a do a hit here on uh, one of the shows here and stuff like that. So who knows? It, that You're right, though. That's a good point. I, I think we're reaching hits. the point, though, in year, year five or six of Tony where I don't think anyone's going to listen to him on a show and, and think he knows who's going to win the game. I think I think that rub is, is up at this point. The Troy thing is interesting, though, because Troy, I think it was on the Richard Deitch podcast, mentioned in his early career, like the criticism hurt him. It hurt him when he heard bad things about what he did or how he performed, and 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 it hurt him to hear those things. And so I think he was a little bit more surly at times because he just didn't want to face criticism. Where at some point he just embraced it. I am who I am. Just bleep it. I'm just going to go do what I do. Where again, I, Tony, I, I just he, he seems like he wants to be a recluse, but show up on Sunday and save the day with the halo and the angel wings. And and I think more and more, I think he just falls flat at that at times. And I, again, if it's stick. I mean, maybe this is the best Andy Kaufman we've ever seen, and this is just this is just all shtick, or he just doesn't have it anymore. He lost his fastball, or doesn't have the drive and, and the energy and passion to do well, this. Uh, and I think somebody told him to stop predicting plays, and I think that kind of messed him up. I really think that yes. messed him up because that worked. That what people liked about it. It's like, whoa, I've never heard anything like this. Like he would predict plays and then people complained but about it. I think Elo, I think to your credit, I think you said this in one of the shows recently, the further removed he is from the game, the less he knows, right? Offense yes, are changing true. every yes. year. So I think if you're not going to study as intently as maybe other guys do, it won't be as easy to call plays. His first year out of the league, he'd probably seen everything twice, right? So he could just close his eyes like, yeah, there's a jet sweep to the left. But if you're not going to do the homework five, six years later, offenses evolve uh, every single solitary day. Part of me wonders, did he just stop doing the homework? And he's like, shoot, I don't know these offenses anymore. I'm just going to make loud noises and, and oogle, you know, Dolly Parton. Like, I don't – is that his shtick? I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe teams don't give him the inside information because they don't want him to predict what they're going to do or something like that. Who knows? Sure. Yeah. And that's going to be interesting because Tom Brady, we think, will be in next year, and he's taken this year off to learn that, to your theory, you know, Brady is Brown around the league. How's he going to do? When he joins the booth and all that, if he does do it, which I think he will. I actually think that Tom Brady, I don't know if we've discussed yeah. that. I I think he is going to do the analyst thing. I think there's a part of him that just need, wants to be around football. I'm not sure if Tony Romo necessarily wants to be around football as much. I think he likes the broad, be, I think he wants to be a broadcaster. I don't know if he's like lives and breathes, I got to have this NFL stuff. But yeah. that's just, you know, off you know, from my standpoint. Well, I want to know where Jim Nance's head is in all this because the Dolly Parton thing, he looked visibly frustrated 
at that point. Uh, you know, so is he is he getting annoyed by all this at some point? I, I think. I think so. it has to. I mean, I, I, if I was a, a blind, I would be bothered more by when you're constantly talking after I make a big call. Like, that's just one-on-one. They, I mean, I don't know if Adam's going to release his uh, unofficial poll for the broadcasters that he does uh, every, every not time tonight, we no, do. No, no, st- no. Still, oh. still in the hey, we're, college football playoff. We're still in the lab <laughs> working on the top four. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, they're behind – Buck and Aikman, who I think is the premier team right now. And I think they're behind Burkhardt and Greg Olson. I think Greg Olson has passed Tony Romo as far as an analyst is concerned, which is his situation is going to be fascinating, uh, what he ends up doing. But, I I mean, Romo is clearly number four. Like, Collinsworth is even better than him. Uh, I think he's fourth right now. Can anybody dispute that? No. I mean, I think at this point it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's tough. But I think the Nance thing is interesting, right? Because when you when you're a pair like that, right? As much as they're individuals, it's it's Nance and Romo, right? Romo's stink at some point will land on Nance too, right? Like he's stuck with with Romo, and so if you don't like that broadcast, you're going to turn off Jim Nance as much as you're turning off Tony Romo. And well, at some point, you can't decouple from that, right? So I do wonder to your point, Eric. At some point, is Nance going to be like, "Look, hold on a second. Like this buffoon is ruining my name, ruining my my career, ruining my broadcast. Like let's let's do something here." Because I'm sure Eric, you've worked. You don't have to name him. I'm sure you've worked with partners before who you're like. Ugh. This person doesn't really have something right, and 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 that at some point reflects on you as well. And and imagine doing that now for for four or five years. At some point, you got to wonder: Is Nance like, whoa, what else is out there? Well, I think the answer is Phil Sims. Yes, like yeah, he was Sims. crippled by exactly. Sims yep. for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, it's like yeah, does he want to do this again? You know, it's like yeah, yeah, it's pretty well. Well, I think this is a Super Bowl year, so all eyes and ears will be on that crew. There's going to be pressure on those two and how they perform this playoffs will answer a lot of these questions that we've asked here tonight. I think if they have a great playoffs, all's good, but if they struggle and then I think those questions uh, will get a lot louder. Yeah. So you brought up Greg Olson. I know I didn't have this on our rundown, but of course, you know, the, the news came out this week that he might have interest in the Carolina Panthers job. I don't know, God, why you'd want to work there, but that's a whole nother, whole nother ball of wax. But, you know, that kind of gives uh, Fox a little bit of the out of what to do with Greg Olson if uh, Tom Brady does actually uh, decide to be a, 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 an analyst for, for them. Like, I know there's only 32 of them out there, and I, they're, they're coveted. But with that owner and his track record, like, I... I I don't know. I mean, like, do what you got to do to to get to where you want to get to. But that feels like a a tough spot for a guy like Greg Olson to go into. And, you know, Jeff Saturday tried to go right from the booth to the sideline. I mean, we saw how that worked out. Antonio Pierce is kind of doing something similar now. I just wonder if the success rate long term is is staying in the booth. But there's 32 of those. And if one comes your way, it's it's probably really tough to to turn that down. Yeah. And if he does. And here's the thing. If he doesn't do well, he could go back to it. And and here's the thing. He probably knows man i'm gonna get demoted with this guy brady coming in do i want to be demoted or this is the franchise i played with the carolina panthers i could try that out if it doesn't work out the owner will fire me in less than a year so i'll get a nice check and then i can be a free agent analyst and And see the market and replace tony (laughs) Rome. yeah Conceivably, yeah. yeah. Or you're on you're on Peacock Plus at that point, <laughs> calling whatever Wednesday night game the NFL cooks. I I think his agent leaked that on purpose. I, there's a purpose there, and I think it's a message like you want to take me for granted, I'll leave. I think that too yeah. was a message to Fox. Like if you're gonna like you know 
mess with, you know, take me for granted. I'll just bold on you guys. You better hope Brady stays committed. That could be the part of it, too. Mm. That is an interesting angle as far as that goes. And, and Adam did that, that, that. Yeah, Adam did that on Around the Kingdom. You know, he used that yeah. leverage on me and Trey to work. You know. It's <laughs> a fair point, though, because you, you had to ask yourself, who benefits from the news of, of Greg Olson who wanted to be a Panthers coach? Right. Who benefits most from that? And it's Greg Olson, right? It's not the Panthers. Wait! So that's a fair, that's a fair. That's I a think fair it's analysis. a leverage yeah. move. It's a, it's kind of a message out to Fox. Cause remember, like a week earlier, who was in the headlines? Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady thinks the NFL's mediocre. Wow. He was really outspoken. Oh, he was out at dinner with Aaron Andrews. TMZ caught that. So he's obviously focused on the bra. And then a week later, this Greg Olson thing pops up. I think that was a counter to that, which. To me, it's so fascinating because Greg Olson gets asked about Brady every time he does it. But nobody asked him the question that I want to know, which is, what were the conversations like when he covered a Brady game with the Bucks? Was it awkward? Does it, you know, did he, you know, like nobody ever asked him. They say, hey, what's it like? Is it weird? And he gives a, you know, pointed answer and all that. But I, it has to be awkward, right? Like this guy is over your shoulder. Like you've proven yourself to be good at this. And yet it's not going to matter because you're probably going to get replaced because Tom Brady's a bigger name than you are. Yeah, it's uh, it would have to be awkward, right? I mean, there's no other way, no other way to get around that. And uh, hey, hey, Tom, uh, hey, yeah. how many, how much are they going to pay you to uh, take my place? Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit like the old like NBC Saturday, uh, late night wars, right? Where Jay Leno and Conan and who's getting it, it feels a little bit like that, where you're always looking at the over your shoulder at the guys supposed to come replace you. So I will say though, I I think you, you I know we have Alex Smith on the run in a little bit, and I'm, I'm sure those will come up tangentially from that. But I do think Eric, I listened to what Tom Brady said on that Stephen A. Smith podcast. I actually thought he did a really nice job. I thought it was really insightful. It's a take I haven't really heard anywhere else. It's it's you know he he backed it up with facts. It wasn't just like ah oh, these kids today. He talked about facts, talked about coaching, talked about style of play, cited examples. I actually thought he did a really nice job. Now that's a long form conversation. Can you do that in ten second you know bite size you know, morsels as he's doing a play by play? broadcast who knows but i thought he did a nice job i actually was surprised at his level of candor and, and again he 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 gave a take that made me sit back and go huh maybe there's something to that and nowadays with sort of the drivel we get from every you know yelling and yapping head show that's one of the first times in a while that i've listened to a take and been like that's really interesting i had thought of it that way mm. i think there's a chance he could be closer to a troy aikman style in the booth than the others because i think aikman and brady have this con this or you know confidence that you know like, when you hear Troy, you can tell at times, like, I'm effing Troy Aikman, all right? Like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. Three-time right? Super Bowl winner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right? That's why he's comfortable, like, yeah, I'm going to criticize Josh Dobbs. He's terrible. These officials are terrible. What are you going to do about it? I'm Troy Aikman, <laughs> right? Whereas Chris Collinsworth, like, yeah, you're, you're Chris Collinsworth. Nobody even knows you play. So I, I think Brady's going to be like that because he's like, what are you guys going to do if I criticize you? I'm Tom freaking Brady. Yeah, few few uh, few uh, trophies and and awards on the wall to back it back them up on that. That's for sure. So, all right. So, with the spoiler alert of Alex Smith, uh, so you posed uh, the question in our uh, in our little thread there that we have on Twitter. Uh, you know, you know about Alex Smith and is he is he good? Now, I can't really answer that because I. I could. I can't bring myself to watch Sunday NFL countdown uh, to save my life. But uh, Adam, since you brought up the yeah. question, give me your thought. 
Yeah, full disclosure, I don't typically watch uh, Sunday NFL Countdown, but it was Sunday, obviously. I was recuperating from the UCF game, so my schedule was different. I found myself on the couch just sitting there watching and um, and just half doing something else, and TV was on. And all of a sudden, I heard Alex Smith, and he gave – it was the Tom Brady situation. They were asking him about that, and he had some really insightful answers. He took some shots at the panel and basically said Brady's played in the worst division of all time for the past 20 years, which fair, by the way, but – Randy, Teddy Bruschi, and uh, and Rex Ryan maybe didn't appreciate any of that. But I actually stopped and listened to him for a while, and I thought he was really, really insightful. And I do think there's an element, though, I, I said this with the Collinsworth thing. I think my expectations were low. feels like every year ESPN trots in some recent retired quarterback, Matt Hasselbeck or Steve Young, and puts them on the desk, and you're like, okay, here we go again. But I actually thought he was really insightful. I thought he did a good job articulating his, his point of view. I thought he mixed it up well with the cast. I thought he brought some, some different uh, conversations different angles i appreciate that he was willing to be the one guy that says hey i think brady's full of it and here's why um and did a nice job backing it up and i sat there listened to him i was like man he's it's actually not bad and maybe it's because i again i had a low expectation because i assume we're gonna get matt hasselbeck 2.0 uh, but i was really surprised at how good he was and so uh, and then I saw him, I want to say again, he was on Monday Night Countdown one of the recent weeks. And I remember thinking he was he was good in that spot as well. So, and again, spoiler alert, he's got a great, um, well, not great from his perspective, I'm assuming, but there's a really insightful documentary on ESPN Plus called Project 11, which is about his recovery from his injury. And if you watch that, it's hard not to root for the guy. So mm-hmm. I will admit, I probably have a bit of a bias saying, hey, I'm glad to see where he's where he's at and what he's doing. But I was actually really surprised that he he carried that panel for me because you got Rex Ryan who just kind of talks and, you know, ah, yeah, screw it, you know, blitzing everybody, right? Randy Moss, who all-time great, but doesn't offer a ton. Teddy Bruschi's grown on me at times. But I thought Alex Smith carried that carried that set the, the time that I watched it. Well, and all those other guys you mentioned were coached and played in the AFC. So, of course, they're not going to be happy with <laughs> yes. Alex uh, comments there. See, the weird thing about Alex Smith is I don't know when he's on. I feel like he's part time yes. though. Is he on on Sunday? I don't know. I don't watch pregame on Sunday either. So I, I don't think he's on, on Sunday. Sunday. Is I he think okay. he's on every Sunday. Right. Yeah, cool. He's on some Mondays. That I don't know. I don't think he yeah, does they, NFL lives. I don't know like, about that. No, one. he does not. And Larry Fitzgerald occasionally makes a cameo. Yeah. It's just very bizarre. Like randomly pop in. It's like okay. Um, what I've heard of, he's been fine. He's done interviews. Yeah, I think he's okay. I think he's fine. It's just. You don't hear a lot about him because he's not on as often. Maybe he's on on the Sundays, but uh, boy, don't even get me started on the Sunday pregames. That thing is just whoo. I think they all need to be overhauled. It keeps getting worse every year. Yeah, they all need to be overhauled. Oh, my God. What's the median age of the Fox set? Does anybody anybody know? (laughs) 80? 65? What's the median age on that set right now? It's it's up there, yeah. And then they bring in Gronk, who... It does not fit in at all with everybody else on the set. Just to young it up and and be fun and wacky. But the rest of that cast, it's like eighty. It's got to be the median age. Yeah, it it is crazy. No, no, I would I would think, and I may now try to at least watch Alex Smith to kind of get a get a a taste of that because, again, I don't watch these shows because they're old, they're tired. It's the same old, same old. It would be nice if some of these some of these shows would just overhaul and 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 re-ramp. well, there's too many people in it. Like yeah. a CBS, every yeah. time they go to halftime, I have to like look twice because there's like 500 people on the desk. Yeah, um, <laughs> and between that and what drives me nuts too is the host. Now, if you've noticed this, so they've done this both at CBS and Fox for the last handful of years. The host of the pregame show and the host of the halftime show does not do highlights. Does not do highlights. 
They let the former players do the highlights. Why? Who came up with that idea? And then even the in-game highlights, they bring in somebody else to do the highlights. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we? Why do we have the host then? What's the point? I don't understand this. It, it, it's. Dry. I'll tell you, oh. my, my my new favorite pregame show, and it's also weird because I never know where it's going to be at. I do like what ESPN did with Monday Countdown. Scott Van Pelt was a good ad as a host. RG3, uh, um, Ryan Clark. I, I do like what they've done. Marcus Spears. I, I like what they've done with that. Now, it's odd because sometimes they're on set. Sometimes they're on in, in studio. I, I guess you never, never really know. What, I, they didn't go to Minnesota. I don't blame them on that one, by the way. I wouldn't go there either. But it's hard to understand where they're going to be at and what their, what their strategy is. But I think that's 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 the one with probably the most unique personality. They've identified some stuff. They do a Hemi Award every week, which is something they kind of dreamed up. And you think about just doing it a little bit differently. I mean, I don't even know it's a good show. It's just different. And so I'm like, oh, this is different. All right, I'll finally watch this versus Bill Cowher, who hasn't coached in 15. I think it was in high school when Bill Cowher last coached. And yet we still have him on the set telling us what's going on in the NFL games. I'd rather hear from some new voices and maybe some unique perspectives. Yeah. It is interesting to watch, that's for sure. Of course, you know, as we switch over to college, you know, the the new voice and the new face of college game day, Pat McAfee. Um, you know, we talked about this before the season started, and we and we kind of talked about, you know, how game day has is too long uh, based on the type of things that they're filling their program time with. Um, now that I've had a few weeks to digest, you know, Pat McAfee, you know, it's like I'm, I'm even more turned off now than I was before. <laughs> And and you know the the you know the wrestling uh, promo he does at the beginning of the show to fire up the crowd and all that. It, it, to me, if you do that every week, it loses its steam. It's it's just it's just not original anymore. So, and and then you and then you know they're devoting more and more segments to him. You know they got the field goal thing. Okay, that's getting that's getting old too. Uh, so yeah, I have I have come now where. Game day has become a very tough watch for me. Well, I could tell you, uh, get used to it, because this is going to be, I mean, now he said earlier something when he got criticized earlier in the year that, hey, he's not committed after beyond this year and all that. I re- I don't believe that. Let's be real. Uh, they don't have a lot of options there. Like Lee Corso obviously can't carry the show. Herb Street's, Card Herb Street, man, bless him with the schedule. I can't believe some of he did a trip where he had to go all the way to Corvallis from James Madison to Corvallis. And then like this week he's doing the get the Cowboy game, then going to Vegas for the uh to do the Friday call night the game. So yeah, the Friday usually night. Gotta, game. Usually he has a buffer day. He's got to go right back on Friday. Got to go right to it and then now he's going to go to then they go to Atlanta for the SEC uh, college game day show. So he's got a play a full plate. McAfee's the show and while you may not like that Jeff about him, how he get he does connect with that young audience, and that's what they want because that crowd gets fired up with him. He does relate to those young people, and that's good television. And the TV numbers have been good for game day. That's the percent. Let's not. It's a long show. I agree. I don't watch the whole show anymore. I usually just watch the last hour or so. But their numbers, they did over two and a half million viewers. Basically, two point four million are watching. That's a monster number. Mm-hmm. For them, so it's working from a viewership standpoint. Maybe it's because some people tune in just because they hate McAfee or they like McAfee, but it's their people are tuning in, and it's the the it's working for them from this stamp from that standpoint. But wouldn't the show? I'll oh, go ahead, Adam. 
I, I have a declaration to make, an important declaration. I, I'm sharing with you two first before anybody else. I've officially hit Pat McAfee fatigue. I have officially hit <laughs> McAfee fatigue. He's thank you. He's on ESPN. He's on ESPN two. He's on ESPN news. Uh, all of his clips are on social media. Every time Aaron Rodgers is on for a Tuesday, every time they're interviewing Nick Saban, he's everywhere on social media. And then I got to turn on Saturdays and there he is. Right. And, and then he's popping up on first take. I don't watch first take, but he's on first take, right? Like I'm, I'm officially getting, he's doing like a red zone version of the college football. Yes. Right. Which is cool. <laughs> yes, I'm getting I'm getting Pat and McAfee fatigue. I know they're paying him a lot of money, and this is a new ESPN model of, hey, let's just work our stars to the bone. I get it, but I am officially getting Pat and McAfee fatigue. I agree with Eric. I think as an entertainer, he fits in exactly with what college game day wants. College kids who've been up all night drinking, who you know waited in, in line since four in the morning, who are looking to party, and he stands on the chair and does the song and the dance and whatever – gets everybody fired up. I think that the kicking segment, same thing, gets everybody fired up. As a home viewer, as an analyst, he offers squat. Yeah. But I think on on site, he is exactly what ESPN wants. But again, I'm I'm in full on Pat McAfee fatigue. I feel like literally every time I turn up my TV or turn on ESPN, ESPN one or two or news, no matter where I was at a restaurant with my family probably a week ago. It was like six o'clock at night and, you know, the TVs are on and, and my pet peeve is when sports bars can't figure out how to turn the TVs on the right channel, but I'll get to that later. <laughs> and they left ESPN news on for some reason. And there's Pat McAfee at six, at 6 PM. His show was at noon. He's there. He's there at six doing the replay again. And I had already known it was on at noon. I saw clips on social media. I saw it was on ESPN too. And now it's in front of me again at six o'clock. Either I watch too much ESPN, very possible, or there's too much Pat McAfee. So I'm fully in on Pat McAfee fatigue. I need a break. We need to take a break. Oh. Me pat we need to take a break <laughs> one of us has to go away for a while because i'm getting a little bit too much pat mcafee in my life well it's funny because like if, if if you go to uh, watch at a certain time of day he could be on two or three different shows at the same time yeah. yes. <laughs> yes and again work your stars as well i get that's the new espn model right like the greenberg model pay him six million to make him do every every bleeping show you got but I, you're you're gonna get me in mcafee fatigue really really quickly and i'm already i'm already there and luckily football season is ending so maybe that that calms down a little bit but i i i just don't take him seriously as a, as an analyst of college football i don't really take him seriously as an nfl analyst either he's more of an entertainer he's more of a entertainer Tell the funny story, say the odd thing. Don't get me started on his Aaron Rodgers segments. I think those are those are really interesting. But it's just I'm 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 all McAfee fatigue at this point. Well, you, now, Eric, you mentioned you know about the excitement, enthusiasm he brings. Now, when they went to JMU, would they they would have gotten the same crowd with or without Pat McAfee, in my opinion? Because when game day goes, yes, that yes, out, out of the yeah. out of the normal Alabama Georgia SEC rotation. When they go to fresh sites, you know, they get the explosion, which, you know, hopefully they will do more of that because I think that I think that makes a big difference in and makes the show pop a lot more. I think they would have had that crowd with if Pat McAfee was nowhere near the place, in my opinion. JMU, sure, but you're not going to be a JMU every week. And it, that used to be Corso's role. I, I went to game day in 2000 down in Miami for FSU Miami. And Corso would get the crowd riled up. Both in a, as a you know as a, in a positive and a negative. Like if he wanted them to boo, he'll get them to boo, and that's you can't do that anymore uh, at that level. So and listen, it's not just McAfee. I've actually watched Big Noon kickoff this year because I was curious what Mark Ingram brought to the attention, and I swear to God, guys, every time I click on Big Noon kick, 
Mark Ingram is jumping into the crowd and getting all fired up and giving a thumb high five. I think he tackled Rob Stone in one segment. I don't think Mark Ingram has spoken the whole year. I think he's literally just jumped into the crowd or tackled his co-host. That's his role. That's what he does. That's what this show is all, all these pregame shows are now about. Just get into the crowd. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of McAfee, I'm curious. We haven't talked about this between between you two. Do either of you have any uh, any problem when it revealed that Aaron Rodgers was getting paid well over a million dollars to appear on his show? Did either of you find that off putting? Was it? You, did you feel like you got hoodwinked a little bit? What, what were your thoughts when you when that story broke from the New York Times that he was getting paid to be on the show? I kind of suspected he was getting paid because you know that's you know that's that dirty little secret's kind of out on a lot of these things now. But, sure. um, you know, that whole segment just annoys me because, you know, it's it's the glorify Aaron Rodgers segment. You know, it's like, oh, wow, Aaron, everything he says is just, whoa, you know? It's yeah. like, yeah. Oh, this is not new. Like, this used to be a big thing in sports talk radio where you would book a coach or a player to come on every week and you would have to compensate them through a sponsor or whatever. So this is not like an, a, a, this new fascination. I think the thing that caught people off guard is like Pat McAfee was literally paying out of his pocket millions. But in Pat's defense, Aaron Rodgers put him on the map because Aaron was he was the only one that Aaron would talk to when he with all the drama with the Packers and everything. Um so I'm not, you know, he, Nick Saban does the same thing. He pays Nick yep. Saban to come on, which really brings up an idea, Adam, that you and me and Trey should talk about. We should pay Gus Malzahn to come on Sons of Live every week. I think that's what this is. Means. I mean, I, I saw I, that new contract here. He's got a, he's getting a, he's getting a pretty hefty amount to talk to the media. That's what that I'm saying. So let's get him on every, a segment Sons Live every week. We'll talk to UCF football, and then we'll ask him about a bunch of random stuff that'll just make his weird headlines, like, Basically, I think, yeah, I agree. I think like I, I, I naively look back and be like, yeah, obviously he was getting paid. Right. I think what's interesting is he passed it off like these were two old buddies just cutting it up and they were like good old chums. Where like some of the interviews, I think you mentioned it, Eric or Jeff, one of you said like it's sponsored, right? Like and the brought to you by Lou Backroad. We have, you know, they've wants that now. Like and you knew that there was some sort of a sponsorship component. McAfee sold it like this is my lifelong friend, just two bros cutting it up, having a good time. And I almost like feel like he sold it like this is organic. And then to find out it wasn't all along makes you go, oh, like I just thought they had something special. Like maybe I'm naive in that sense, but I always think it's a little bit more overt when there's those payment things because you're going to hear about Lou Backroad Chevrolet on the top end or, you know, honey baked ham on the other end of it. You didn't hear that. And so I just assumed that I hope they're sponsorship, by the way. Uh, I just assumed that 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 was, you know, that was, you know, two friends cutting it up, having a good time. Well, I, here's what I think happened, might have happened. They might have been friends and he may have come on. And I think McAfee probably saw the, you know, the numbers and like, whoa, people really tune in for this segment. Let's get them on more often. And Aaron's like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm doing, and what if, what if we compensated you? Okay. I'll come on every week. I really do think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't think this was planned from the beginning. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did some free shows early. But as time went on, and I get it, if you're Aaron Rodgers, like if you're going to make me commit for 30, 40 minutes every week, what's in, what's in it for me? And so they made a deal. I mean, this is, again, I've seen this in radio. Like Tom Brady used to do a radio hit every morning in Boston radio, believe it or not. Yeah. It, it, ha- yeah. it happens all the time. Yeah. I, yeah, because there really is no connection between the two. They didn't play on the same team, no. you know, 
pro or college. So. Well, it's AJ Hawk though. AJ Hawk, I w- played with Rogers, yeah, so that's so there, where the connection is connection. from. Okay, all right, that makes sense. And AJ Hawk says like five words the whole show, so somebody's got to make. Yeah, he looks. He always looks like he's stoned. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, some, why isn't he in the studio? Why doesn't he just move to Indiana? It's clearly this is a big. This is not like a part time gig. Like I think it's going to work out. AJ, just move <laughs> and have, it's not like this is like, hey, we're going to try this thing. We'll see if it works out. Like, hey, I'm not moving for that. I think you've made it. Like, go ahead and move on to the studio. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it annoys me. No. And so you think he'll you think he'll talk more if he's in person? You'll say like twenty words instead of five words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we've all been on those Zoom calls at work, right? Where like half the people are in the room and half the people are on Zoom, and it's tough to be the guy on Zoom trying to get a word in edgewise, right? So, mm. so if not, I'm always just sick of seeing his his head on one side of the screen <laughs> and whatever this nonsense is here. And every fourteen minutes, drinks out of a protein shake, you know, puffs the cigar and just keeps it moving. I just. Get in the studio. That's all I'm saying. See, my theory with Hawk is he knows there's going to be a lot of nonsense during the show, and he doesn't want to be around it during it. So he's like, look, I'm just going to go to the bathroom or take a go get a lunch break while you guys do your stuff. That's what I, that's my Because he's not even on the first hour. He doesn't come on until no! like hour two. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, he literally just pops in and says, like, five words. Yeah, that's, it's, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I can't really get into the show myself, so it, it's it just – it's just my but to Adam's point, it's hard to avoid it. Yeah, Kudos to him for building that ecosystem. That's not easy to do, right? To take basically a platform, make it something, get it sold to ESPN and be everywhere. I mean, kudos to him. And if he paid Aaron Rodgers, to your point, Elo, it's probably a smart business move. At the end of the day, he probably nets a good ROI on that transaction to, to, to fork over a million dollars, but get an $80 million contract on the back end. That, that probably works out mathematically. Um, so kudos to him for building that because it's not easy. It's just there's a lot of him right now. And that's I think ESPN is going to run the risk of the Stephen A. Smith overexposure at some point where you're going to go like, get this guy off my TV. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes enough is enough uh, for sure. And and going back, you know, the the, the paying of, of things like that. You know, when I was in radio, you know, we paid Goose Givens to do a show for us. We paid Pat Williams to do a show for us. Um, Pat, I think, worked at almost every radio station in Orlando oh, yeah, <laughs> doing, doing sure. his show. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's been around a long time. So, uh, but, yeah, I kind of see where you can kind of feel a little duped by that uh, by that scenario with Aaron Rodgers for sure. So, There you go, Adam. Work on it. UCF coaches, pay yeah. them to come on Suns Live. That's the new – That's the. there you go. Yeah. Off air, you guys need to tell me the, the show, the coach will talk the most. <laughs> I'm curious to see who you both think that's well, if be. You, I don't know if, who that is right now. If, if, you, if you give Trace a bag of money – to, to, to show up there, they they might start talking. Honestly, I'd probably I'd throw money at George O'Leary. That would be a great, <laughs> great weekly segment. Honestly, uh, I think that may be the winner right there. Yeah, yeah. No, anytime you guys have uh, had conversations with them, they've always been wonderful. So, <laughs> all right. So, and then correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. I thought I saw ratings numbers that Big Noon actually beat Game Day. Is that so this is, or not? Yeah, this is this this. Uh, what's, the spin? You, what's the spin here? There's a lot of spin going on. I mean, this is the most silliest battle. Is these two pregame shows? For some reason, everybody people care about who's draw who's listening more. So, Fox had about two point three four million. Now, what they did was smart. They didn't end the pregame till twelve fifteen. They they swooped in into the beginning of the Michigan Ohio State game, which is smart because. If you're tuning into Michigan Ohio State, you're tuning in at noon. You're going to still get the pregame. That counts from a viewership standpoint. Uh, so they went so for that quarter hour. <laughs> the quarter hour, a little bump there. Uh, so they're right. What 
ESPN will tell you is we had more viewers because it's 2.4 million if you include ESPN, ESPNU, which the show is simulcast. Mm-hmm. So depends on how you want to read it. Fox says one network, we drew more viewers than they did. ESPN's like, no, no, more people watched our show than their show. So that's the little boo-ha-ha controversy. Both shows did well. How about that? But yeah. how about the fact we had 4.7 million people combined watch pregame shows in college football? I don't know if it's the same people just flipping back and forth or what, but they both were in the same location for Michigan-Ohio State, which drew 19 million viewers. Probably a top three, I think, college football-rated game, the highest-rated game in 12 years, which would uh, equate about 12 UCF broadcasts on FS1. That's how many games UCF... No, actually, they would need about 112 broadcasts on FS1 to equal that number. But um, that's a big, big, big success for Fox, and I'll say this. Foxes, that whole big noon kickoff promotion thing has worked. That noon slot, they've drawn big this year. Yeah. No, I I think making noon a marquee time slot is probably one of the best things they've done as far as college football is concerned. Right, because, Jeff, I mean, you're, in the 90s, noon used to be the marquee kickoff time. Yep. So it was interesting. ABC's kind of gone away with that going to prime time, and then obviously CBS has owned a 330 block. So I, I do think if Fox was smart with the noon, and it helps obviously you have the Big Ten, which loves noon games. I mean, you, you know, God forbid they do a night game. They wouldn't even know what a light bulb would look like in a stadium. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been successful. I just, again, their pregame show is just uh, – Chris Felica. All they do now is he dresses up and does the same shtick that he did at game day. It's just it's, – it's like, can you just do something original? That's all I ask. <laughs> Eric, I bet you uh, some folks in Michigan can get you a light bulb. They've got they've got some uh, some spy gear if you, if you need exactly. light bulb, yeah. to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> Night vision, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. And actually, here's another thing that I, I forgot to put on a rundown uh, based on our, our Twitter thread. I believe it was you, Eric. You said Dan Mullen won you over? Yes. Here, yeah. Hold on. I need a bell ring for that. There needs to be some sort of pomp and circumstance. There we go. I, you know, it's interesting. I, when he talks, it sounds really good. Like he, like, I don't know if he makes a lot, like he says a lot of stuff. And at times you're like, well, obvious, that's obvious stuff, but he makes it sound interesting. Uh, oh, they do a great job executing. He's actually done a pretty good job in that studio show. And he does the games with Matt Barry, a, a former sons of UCF live guest, Matt Barry. Uh, I think they've actually been a nice tandem there. I don't know if you like, uh, Adam, I'm curious, do you like Mullen Barry together or with Lewis Riddick and Matt Barry on those Thursday night games or whatever you want to call them now? Because I don't even know they do Thursday, sometimes they do Friday, whatever. But I do think Mullen's been good on TV. Uh, I think he's gotten really good, uh, and I'll be curious to see how they use him for the playoffs, uh, if they give him a bigger role or not. Yeah, I'm always going to go Lewis Riddick over pretty much anybody. I think he just does a great job of being insightful, giving you some some keys to the game. Right? I think he's just got a good way about him. I will say this. Mullen's not terrible. I'll give him that. I actually would prefer – this may be a hot take. I would prefer Mullen over Booger McFarland. Get Booger McFarland off my Saturday. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. – I don't, get I Booger McFarland yeah. off my Saturday, my Saturday Kevin Agandhi desk. Like that maybe that – I would be okay with Mullen on that spot more so than I would be Booger McFarland. I agree with that. They had Mullen on the Saturday one too last year too. They decided to move him to yeah. Thursday. So, 
Yeah. To do a breast cancer. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, you wonder, I mean, his name came up for college jobs. I mean, he, he maybe interviewed for Syracuse, maybe didn't interview for Syracuse, right? He even said in a podcast, like, maybe one day I'll get back into it, too. So that's got to be tough when you're, and I guess, I don't know, you guys have programmed shows and channels and stations before. When you know your talents, maybe short time, right? Like, how do you how do you sort of build for the future when you're like, hey, if this guy gets a good job, he's gone. So do we give him a good property like a Thursday night? Because if, you know, a job opens tomorrow, he may take that, right? I wonder how executives at ESPN kind of plan around some of that stuff. He also says some comments on social media. They're like, ooh, like he made a comment during the UCLA-USC games. Like, are we sure we got the right coach in the hot seat in L.A.? I'm like, whoa. (laughs) He likes to, like, throw little jabs in there, like either from a comedy standpoint or being serious. I don't know. But I don't mind him as much. I think he's been pretty good. Um, He's one of the few additions I've liked this year about the ABC. See uh, ESPN coverage this year, but at least hey, you know, uh, at least he's at the games when he does go do the games. Unlike many of the UCF games this year, which had <laughs> nobody in, in person. Yeah, that's that's a that's a whole show by itself, right there. Um, all right, let's switch over to the NBA. So interesting uh, nugget we got that uh, with the in season tournament, the TNT and ESPN are going to do a little NBA announcer swap. So Eric, you kind of broke this down. Uh, Give us the description of this. And uh, this again, this is part of the in-season tournament, right? Yes. Uh, it's going to be for those quarters in the semis. I think it's the semis. So what they're going to do is they're going to have, they're going to lend Reggie Miller to work with Mike Breen <laughs> and uh, Doris Burke. Doc Rivers is going to work with Kevin Harlan uh, on the TNT broadcast. And then, Inside the NBA will pop in on the ESPN pregame show. ESPN guys will pop in on the Inside the NBA show. So it's like a cross-promotion, which I'm all for. I don't understand. Networks should do this more often. When you're partners of a sporting event, why not pop in on the other show and cross-promote? Like, you all you all want the, the sport that you're working to do well. Um, I think this is smart. And look, if this gets us inside the TNT crew to be involved more on ABC broadcast and postseason, I'm all for it. Let's do that. Let's push this to the player. I hate the in-season tournament, but this is the biggest positive from it is it gets these guys to kind of mingle a little bit. I don't mind it. I'm intrigued by it. In fact, I will be intrigued to see the interaction on that. Uh, so that's kind of what they're going to do here to kind of spice it up. Although, wouldn't it be safe to say that Doc Rivers has probably already worked with Kevin Harlan since he used to work at Turner? <laughs> It's true. I mean, that's probably an easier transition, right? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, Mike Breen's had a rough time. He he lost his buddies, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy, and now he's going to get Reggie Miller for a game. I mean, what did Mike, what did Mike Breen do? Man, Holy I'm curious. My- I'm curious how this comes about. Is this is this the NBA saying, "Hey, we, we are," and to your point, Eric, they are all in on this in-season tournament, right? New courts, new jerseys, new rules. <laughs> like now, you, now you got to win by a certain amount of margin. Like they are all in on the since season tournament. So was this the league going and saying, Hey, we need something unique on this broadcast. You guys got to figure this out. Here's your idea. Or did one of the other entities go to the other and, and mix it up? I'd, I'd love to know that, that angle. But I think the second thing about it though, is we've seen some of this before, right? Jay Billis kind of moonlighted a few different places, right? You've seen a little bit a rods on, on, you know, ESPN and Fox, but if you think about both of these two entities, it's the biggest names that they have in their portfolio who are going to be on the networks. You can argue ESPN all you want. Stephen A. Smith is is on the on the Mount Rushmore of Steve, of, of current ESPN employees, right? Charles Barkley is probably the top Turner employee. The fact that they're going to lend them to each other's networks, I think that's what's interesting because you've seen 
uh, air quotes, lower level talent, maybe swapping around, doing some other shows. But the top marquee names appearing on each other's networks, I, I don't know if we've seen that all that often. I don't know if you would call A-Rod a marquee name. I'm not ready to do that yet. Um, but I'd, I'd love to know, Eric, I don't know if you know how this came about, because this just smells to me like the NBA saying, we are going all in. This feels like that idea you have at work where your boss comes in and says, all right, crazy ideas. Nothing's too crazy. Everyone got what you get, right? And people just start throwing, let's paint the court. Let's do a uniform. Let's win by 20. How about Shaq and Stephen A on ESPN? Like, it just seems like crazy ideas get thrown about, and, and that's how this comes. But I'd love to know on the inside. I think the league definitely pushed this because they've been pushing the in-season tournament. They've pushed everything. They want this to be a big deal. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a Stephen A. Smith went up to his boss and say, hey, is there any way we can, like, do something with TNT? You know what I mean? I, I, I could see some cross-deal there, but I think definitely the league kind of – Maybe and they're, uh, they're not going to be in each other's studio, so Stephen A is not going to go to Atlanta and, and be. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know those details. I don't know if they're just going to do like a remote type of thing, or they're going to be in person. I, that part that I don't would, know. That would be really interesting. Like if they simulcasted well, I, that or something like that would be interesting. Well, like I'm Stephen thinking, A, Charles Barkley, and Shaq on the same desk. Well, Tony I'm Johnson, wondering. Bless you, my friend. I'm wondering because they're doing the semifinals in Vegas. Maybe they're all in Vegas. Yeah, that yeah. might be what they're doing. Um, yeah. I, I remember CBS and Fox did this in the NFL like decades ago where they would actually cross promote with the, the pregame shows to, because they had the conference. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't see more of that, to be honest. Now, the A-Rod thing you mentioned, by the way, that's coming to an end because yeah. he has yep. just signed with Fox exclusively. Uh, but you're right. Uh, I hope this goes well because I would like to see the Turner guys more involved on the playoffs, not just when the games are on TNT, but when the games are on ESPN and ABC. I think it's smart. Uh, I personally like it. Um, I think it'd be great. I think this could work. In a, can you imagine if, like, Fox decided, like, hey, Burkhardt and Olsen, hey, let's bring in Troy Aikman for a quarter here. How you doing, Troy? Welcome back. You know, that'd be kind of, <laughs> wow, I'm intrigued, right? Like, I, I'd like to see more of this. So I'm all for this. Yeah. You know, I wonder, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, when the uh, – on the on the pregame show, when the Turner guys show up on ESPN, ESPN will actually have a good pregame show. <laughs> That'll be the first thing that happens. Um, and then, you know, I think the only other semblance we see of this is with Turner and CBS during March Madness, um, with the commingling of the uh, of the various staffs. Although way too many too many NBA guys for my liking, but still. You know that is an intriguing thing. You know, we, you know when you know Ernie Johnson is working, you know, with uh, with uh, Seth Davis and the, the CBS guys. It's kind of interesting to see that dynamic and and whatnot. So, you know, and Greg Gumbel, you know, is, is you know I know we've talked about him over the years, but it is interesting when he has that dy- when he when he's doing the show with, with with Kenny and Charles because you can see a little bit of camaraderie there. It's not to the same level as with Ernie, but you can kind of see a little camaraderie there too. So it'll be interesting to watch. But my other question would be, I already know what your thoughts are, Eric, but do you guys, do you guys think the average fan cares about the in-season tournament at all? You guys watch more NBA than I do. Uh, Tangentially. I mean, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I'd like to think I'm a pretty avid avid NBA watcher. I don't know from game to game what's a tournament unless I see the court different. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, that actually was a genius idea with the NBA because I'm turning on a game on Tuesday. I'm like, is this a tournament game or is this a – and I know it's on the bottom line and yada, yada, yada. But the court actually helps me out a lot. I don't, I don't think they care just yet. I think people think it's intriguing. 
and teams are certainly playing harder. You're seeing a little bit less load management early on, which typically you'd see a lot of guys sitting. So there's probably some commonality there, but I, I think you got to build this thing up for a couple of years. You got to build likes to it. There's got to be something. I mean, I know the guys are getting money, but as a, as a viewer, I'm not, I don't take any, like whoever's going to win this thing. I was listening to the Levitar show this morning. Like, are they hanging a banner? Is there a parade? <laughs> like, like what, what happens when you win the in-season tournament, right? Like, I think you've got to build some memory there. I, I know the soccer model works really well overseas and i know the way they do those tournaments here but you need you need time to build that up i think again you're probably getting some better basketball right now as a fan but i have to i have to look at the court to know if i'm, I'm watching a tournament. so you're so you're not uh you know like chomping at the bit knowing that you know, there's a in-season tournament game nah. coming up on thursday night you're not filling out <laughs> the, the heat it's further yeah. the the heat and the bucks were on last night and it was a must win for the heat and i probably i was actually doing around the kingdom with eric and trace <laughs> and forgot it was on so that's that's my love well, of, I, uh, I, I, of interest so I watched it. There was like a million games, but they had a million scores on their graphics, which was annoying. The other thing is it was weird because it depended on score uh, differential. Like, oh, this team's running it up to score. Like, I think the Celtics ran up to score because they needed it by yeah, 30 Celtics or something. And the, and the Bulls, so the, the Celtics ended up fouling so they could keep their lead. And Billy Donovan went over to Joe Missoula and was like, what are you doing? And he was like, look, I got to win by 22 or else I'm not in the tournament. And Billy Donovan, to his credit, lended voice afterwards and said, listen, I get it. Like, this is the NBA's fault, though. I don't blame Joe. This is the NBA's fault. And he was he actually made a really smart point. Like, what's the NBA going to do if Joe Missoula needs to win by 30? So he's blowing us out by 25 keeps all the starters in the fourth quarter and Jason Tatum blows out an, an ankle, right? Like then, then what's the league going to do if stars are playing when they don't have to play because they're already winning, but they need points. Right. So I think it's an evolution, but it, it is interesting to, to watch those scorings and who needs what. And I, again, I'm, I'm not, I don't have enough time for all that. Put it to this way as a heat fan, I'm perfectly fine with them missing the, uh, the remainder of this tournament so they could just get healthy and uh, not have yes. to go. The last thing I want is them to go to Vegas uh, and get injured. Now I have more details. I looked this up. So what they're going to do? It's, it is going to be in Vegas for the semis in the uh, when they're doing this cross promotion thing. So Kevin Harlan and Candace Parker will be with uh, Doc Rivers, and then uh, on the ESPN broadcast there will be Mike Breen, Reggie Miller, and Doris Burke, and then the TNT crew of Ernie Johnson, Kenny Barkley, and Shaq will appear on the ESPN NBA Countdown for a, an extended segment with its on the 4 p.m. pregame show on ESPN NBA Countdown, which will be hosted by Malika Andrews and includes Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon, Bob Myers, and Woj, all of them. And then the NBA Countdown crew will appear on TNT's Inside the NBA pregame show for an extended segment at 7.30 Show so basically they're turning this into a football pregame show where you just have a thousand people on. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's the 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 desk of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up an interesting question. I, I I don't know that it matters, but I'd be curious what you thought. What do you think if Woj was on the TNT airwaves and he had a big story, would he break it while he's on TNT? Ooh, that's good. Or does he, Excuse does me, guys, he I gotta go, on, I gotta go, go on Sports Center. Center. Bellevue, yeah. <laughs> Check it out. I think they would go to him, and then Barkley would make a like a funny remark about it. Like, <laughs> oh, there's Woj and the phone. He's breaking the story. <laughs> yeah, oh, that could be good. Oh, now I'm ready. Now, see, Adam, now you've made me. Yeah. Now I'm rooting for Woj to break a scoop while everybody's there together. That needs. Yeah, to like, I, like Billy Donovan's going to get fired during that during that segment, and he and Woj has got to be like, <laughs> nothing. No, it's nothing. Guys, sorry, sorry to interrupt here. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. Then he starts tweeting. <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh, it, it, it's something different. 
So I'm willing to I like get, it. I'm, I like it. No, yeah. I'm all for it. Like, let's do it. Like I said, I'm all, I wish they would do it during the playoffs. I think, and I do wonder if you're ESPN, you got nothing to lose. You benefit from this. If you yes. get the TNT crew to be on your airwaves, even for a segment, why not do this during the playoffs? Yep. I wonder you're, if this goes well, I would not be shocked if they did this yeah. during the playoffs. You're, you're going to get people talking. There'll be clips on social media and, and, and today's day and age, that's currency, right? So people are going to talk. It's going to be viral. And so I, I think this is a win-win for everybody. It's going to be really weird though. When Pat McAfee's also on the set talking <laughs> basketball, but that's you know, whatever. No, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you, yeah, I think you're joking, but I wouldn't be surprised if him and AJ Hawk don't show up for a segment. I was say what show has basketball been, huh? what show hasn't he yeah. been on? Right. So <laughs> yeah. there's no, there's no basketball team in Pittsburgh though. So I don't know who he roots for. So I'll, I'll need more. I'll need more details on that. Oh man. All right. And then speaking of ESPN. So Jim Beheim, the recently retired Syracuse coach, if I still think he was booted, but that's a whole other story. Um, how do you think he's going to translate on television? Because he certainly was not a guy that got along with the media in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I think he'll be good. He was always good when he came on PTI during the NCAA tournament and broke down the tournament. Uh, he just uh, he did a Field of 68 show with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does know the game. Now, the neg- the problem is he's going to take his pot shots at the NCAA. He's going to be snarky, you know, and he's going to obviously, like, he loved Patino. He's going to compliment. But you know what? That's what all these college basketball analysts do anyway. Yeah. But what else is new? He'll fit right in. Um, so we'll see. It's going to look It's a star power. I do think they kind of need that a little bit um, just to get something tricked, you know, because you have Seth Greenberg who's been there. Uh, Jay Williams now they're using as a game analyst. Ooh, that's been a little rough. Um, we'll see. He'll be back on college game day on the basketball version. But, yeah, I think it's a big name, and they're hoping that it'll generate some interest talking there uh, in the studio there. I mean, admittedly, I'm, I've never been a huge Jim Beheim fan, so it, I, I'm not excited about this. I This reminds me of, um, and, you know, rest in peace, this reminds me of a Bobby Knight situation. They're going to bring on sort of the surly old coach who's going to be on set, be a little grumpy, right, take shots at the NCAA, get his little jokes off on, on the guys he doesn't like and whatnot. And this this kind of reminds me of the Bobby Knight ESPN tenure. Never been a Jim Beheim guy. But you bring up a really interesting point, Eric. If you take Jay Billis out for a second, right, because I think that's the clear one, we know Dick Vitale has got health situations. I don't know if he'll be back or not. I know he's still recovering from his latest uh, bout with cancer. Who's the voice of college basketball? Who, who, what's that? Who's that guy? Like, and I, I'm not saying it's going to be Bayheim, but I think that that in general, they need to find those voices. Eric, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, right? Like, you, you need your signature voices in those big moments. You said this earlier, Jeff. All CBS and Turner does is roll out NBA guys, right? So you don't really have a signature voice. The tournament is is what Grant Hill. Is he the is he the voice of of college basketball? Bill Rafter, Bill Rafter, Bill Rafter. Yeah. maybe. Yeah, good call. I mean, well, Ian Eagle is going to be the new voice now. Take it over because Nance uh, is done. So I just think you've got to establish something there, right? And it just remind it just another retread old coach into the studio, and 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 we're going to play the hits like we always do. Again, I don't I don't love Jim Beheim. I don't I don't think it'll be terrible, but I think he's going to be a little bit of that Bobby Knight esque style for a free ESPN. Jay Wright may be the guy. If as he grows into the Maybe, role, yeah. assuming he doesn't go in back into coaching, and a lot of people don't think he'll go back into coaching because a lot of people think the reason he left coaching because he doesn't like NIL and where the direction of college yeah. athletics is going. Who does? Who does? By the way, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <that's right>. um, <laughs> the line forms behind us here. So, 
So what you're saying is, yeah, so Jay Wright might be that guy at CBS to be the air pair, but who is that air in ESPN other than Bill, as you're writing? I think that's why they're going to try out Bayheim, well, who's done well. Again, when he's been on yeah. PTI and stuff, he's pretty good. We'll see how he does the lengthier segments. Tom Cream is pretty good. He just doesn't have the cachet of a big name. Well, I was going to say what you will about McAfee, and I obviously said plenty. You tune into College Game Day, and you know he's there, and he's polarizing. You either love him or you hate him, right? College basketball doesn't have that guy. Like, there's there's no, like, I've got to tune in. The only person I can, th- as I was racking my brain, obviously Vital, right? And, and again, I think he's kind of in that league corso. You know, how do you, how do you sort of, you know, walk away gracefully at the end of your career? The only other polarizing guy I feel like people just tune in because they hated him was Doug Gottlieb. Like, I can't think of anybody <laughs> else that, like, you tune in because you're like, I either love this guy or I hate this guy. But college basketball doesn't have that identity. It, again, say what you love McAfee, but he's a name, he's an identity, yep. and people are going to tune in to watch him. College basketball, you could argue, has that problem, not just with their commentators, but the product itself. It's a sport, too, for sure. What player? What player are you going to watch in college? Right now, the most popular college basketball player is a female. It's Caitlin, Caitlin Clark. Clark. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Angel Reese and Angel all Reese, yeah. Uh, pay, you know, can you name me a men's basketball player right now? Can you name me the best, the reigning national player of the year? No, DJ Wagner, uh, Dewan Wagner's son. I found out last night plays for Kentucky. Did not know that. Yeah, played <laughs> so, pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's the big guy from Purdue. He's the national men's player. Uh, Zach Eady. Yes. Thank you. Yes. There you go. He was the player of the year. Oh, yes, he was. There you go. But that's so. I think that's the whole problem with college hoops. It, it, they've sold themselves to the coaches, and they don't. You know, the players don't stick around. So yeah, you know, that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, when teams are having to shuttle in two new ten new players each season. Yeah, as we know very well, don't we, boys? Yes, huh? we do. Yes, we do. Name tags are, are required yes. in a lot of these schools, unfortunately. Yes. No, yes, no longer just a name on the back of the jersey. You need one on the front, too. Hello, my name is. Should be should be like sewn on the front of the jersey from here on out. Forget jersey patches. Yeah. Hello, my name is. Should be sewn on the front. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, you, you really don't have that, you know, you because know, with Billis, Raftery, those are probably the top analyst names out there right if you if like who's I'm who's sorry. on the college basketball game day set now so it's reese billis who's kind of the herb street of the show seth greenberg it was lafonso ellis right so they're bringing in jake williams back to that role so jay williams is back okay and then they're adding um they're adding um oh boy uh andrea carter the okay, former okay. Tennessee women's basketball player. So that's going to be your game day show. On you know what? I, I Crazy idea. If I'm ESPN, you know what I think about doing college stuff? J.J. Redick. Hmm. Most people probably associate him more with playing at Duke well, than his NBA. Yeah. Show. Well, that gets into the whole – we've talked about this. Part of the problem is they've used – Guys for the NBA in college, like you're right. Redick is kind of. I think Redick though, I think wants to just do NBA. I, I assume he, he does. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but like uh, he's more known for his college career. He's obviously very polarizing. You either love JJ Redick or you hate JJ Redick. He's kind of in that Christian Leitner camp, right? Like I just think you need somebody that's going to be that guy. Imagine JJ Redick on the set of College Game Day at Carolina, right? That would be interesting. Now Jay Williams is there, but I don't really know that people are like have any vitriol. People hate JJ Redick, right? So I think you got to find that that kind of that. Gonna lock up. <laughs> Recording in progress. Okay, I froze up. Okay, so you guys can hear me now. We do. Okay. Gosh, that's a first. 
Yeah. Yes, it is. So, at least so, with Jason Beatty disappearing. I'm not, I'm not used to uh, Jeff Allen. I have no fire. I have no fire alarms going on. Thank God. Uh, okay. So what did I what did I miss while I was away? We're being out. We're talking about all the all the college analysts. They always move them to the NBA. Ah, uh, yes. Um, which and is RG three? You know the same thing. RG three, great college, but they move them to the NFL. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about when you guys were before I went away. So. What 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 happened to Tim Legler? He's still there, studio with Van Pelt. That's so, so he's only you know, on Van. It's, it's funny. It, you you he, mentioned that. So it's funny. Again, I was listening to Levitard a couple of weeks ago, and um, previous years uh, Legler was a, a, a known Halloween freak. So he would dress up and all these things, and they would go to his show. And they made mention of they reached out to him and and that they were going to try to get on a show, but he moved to Miami and and Dan said something to the effect of like he's he's got a lot in his going on in his life right now. It's just not the right time. So they alluded to something. I don't know what that something is. I they didn't offer more context. So I don't know if health issue, personal issue. They didn't really allude to, it, but they basically alluded to Legler hasn't done his Halloween stuff in a while because he's been going through some stuff. Mm. So I don't know what that is. Maybe there's just something of a personal nature. Well, clearly, right? Yeah, because. To me, you know, I I, I love his hits. Uh, you know, yeah. you know, he he goes on, you know, PTI, and you know, Kornheiser's podcast. Well, he might be, he might be. So as we transition, and the Get Up crew on ESPN, I know your your favorite show, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Mike Greenberg fronted Get Up show is going to need a basketball set at some point, right? They're heavy in the football set now, right? But once once football's over, they're going to need a basketball set. So maybe that's where you see Legler get some more some more time on that. Yeah, he does a lot of that get up show, and he does a lot of Van Pelt at night. I've yeah. noticed he's still yeah. yeah, but I I keep thinking he'd be a he'd be a hell of a game analyst myself. So that would be interesting to see if he could yeah. do that. But uh, it'd be worse than Shaq was. <laughs> and then of course you know, you brought up the one guy that you think everybody hates. Where the hell is Doug Gottlieb these days? On Field of 68, he's doing college basketball coverage, uh, Field of 68. And I still think he does that Fox radio show that nobody listens to. So. <laughs> I agree with Adam, too, because he he's really good about college basketball. Yeah. Uh, and he was polarizing, but, you know, he got himself in trouble with some, uh, you know, when he was on that Turner set at one time during the tournament and some things were implied racially or whatever. And, you know, just he disappeared. Mm. Well, there you go. So our ne- our next show could be whatever happened to if we could. Oh, that's, that's a good one. We should each submit a whatever oh. happened to list. Yeah, that'd huh? be good. Okay, yeah. All well, right. that reminds me. I was tuning into the Pac-12 Network what uh, recently. You get the Pac-12 Network? I do. I'm one of the five people that does. It exists, guys. It exists. I can confirm. I need the bell on that, Jeff. I need the bell. <laughs> Thank you. So I thought the Pac-12 it, was only on gas pumps. <laughs> no, I, I I have it. I have that channel. And I, it was a Cal men's basketball game, and I recognized a voice. It was Barry Tompkins. Wow. Barry Tompkins, top-ranked boxing. Wow. All HBO, those years yeah. Yeah, now he's doing Pac-12 basketball late night. Wow. That's all you need to know. There you go. All right. All right. Is that the lowest so, of the rungs, Elo? <laughs> late night Pac-12. <laughs> is, that the, is that the lowest? It's up there, yeah. 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 Up there. Wow. I got to get my flash year of the Pac-12 fixing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Bill Walton time. You know, Bill Walton does oh, pops no. in there. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No. Maybe that's why I don't have that. Anymore. I, I might have unsubscribed from it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. So that's kind of our model now. With, with that uh, Barry Tompkins reference, is it, we will we will do a, a whatever happened to segment next time around. Yes, that could be done. fun. All right, okay. Well, 
let's wrap this thing up, guys. And uh, while you have you here, do blatant plugs. And I think we all three will have something similar in common for that. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> well, you know, ta- you know, talking about cross promotion and everything, I uh, write still and uh, for blackandgoldbanneret.com. I do the articles. I did a UCF bowl project, TV numbers, you name it, do all of that. But I also uh, am on around the kingdom on the Sons of UCF live platform with Adam and Trace. So I do both. Does that count? Is that is that kind of like the two network kind of deal there? I'm, uh, maybe I'm you're, the UCF version there, you know? You're Jay Billis. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, A-Rod. <laughs> hopefully, you got, except you guys like me a little bit better, hopefully. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, I, he has a bigger bank account than I do. Uh, nonetheless, so you can catch me on those two. And then obviously, uh, we're about three months away from softball season starting. So I'll be calling games on ESPN Plus for UCF. That'll be a, a very challenging, unique season with the Big 12 and doing a little bit of all that so just a lot of different hats of course follow me at eric lopez elo and twitter x whatever you want to call it i'm also on threads instagram facebook you name it and you got you got a great slate eric you got a really good slate this year to call it the uh, at the plex well you're not kidding Oklahoma, Texas coming in. We got South uh, for conference. That's going to be huge. BYU, Matty Pejarano, Adam, your butt, your buddy there. Welcome from- back. <laughs> All right, <laughs> the uh, one and only Suns NIL athlete. So, yeah. Jeff, I, yeah, I'm going to give you a little scoop here, Jeff. This is going to be great. So I'm call. I'm scheduled. I'm, you, BYU will come here to UCF. I will actually literally have to. I'll talk to Adam that week. To give me his side of the story on the Maddie Bejarano, because that's going to be yeah. part of the storyline that weekend. Look at that. Adam, I, I, you will get the exclusive. I will give you the exclusive <laughs> nice. behind the scenes story. Yes. 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 All right. There you go. And yes. if he's at, if you're at the game, Adam, maybe I'll get the sideline reporter to interview you about it. You know, yes. I will. Uh, you know what? I will clear my schedule and I will make time. <laughs> I've never actually met Maddie, by the way. So maybe I should say hi to her. <laughs> then we can go do the, uh, the, the reunion interview or something like that. <laughs> there you go. All right, That'll, we'll look forward to that for sure. Yeah, great, great softball slate coming up for yeah. sure. That's gonna be awesome, Adam. Yeah, Elo, Elo does a great job on that stuff. You can find uh, Sons of UCF. Uh, let's let's do three things. Go to the YouTube channel. Every video we do, if it's live show, if it's around the kingdom, they're all there. Trace Trelco helps out, does a lot of great interviews for us after games, post games. So all that's curated at Sons of UCF on the YouTube channel. Anywhere you get podcasts, all, all the things we do on video, including around the kingdom, Sons Live, Sons Pod, all available in audio form as well. So if you can't watch Eric and, and Trace and me smiling on around the kingdom, you can at least hear us and still enjoy the uh, uh, Eric telling you his favorite profession, potentially to teach at a college level. And the new and improved sons of UCF.com. We have some articles, some pieces, some, some stuff we're putting on there. We're still building that piece out as well, too. So uh, you can find actually Jeff Allen has a byline on the sons of UCF.com. So Who? bookmark that site. <laughs> Jeff Allen, the, the very, the very host of this year program uh, you can find on the sons of UCF.com. Yes. And uh, I will be on sons pre-recorded tomorrow night uh, doing the big 12 minutes. Uh, which of course, how, how, are you going to stretch that? How are you going to make that a minute? I'm, it, I'm curious to see what, uh, what you come up with. Well, I'm going to be recording that right after we get done here, okay. and I'm still okay. kind of figuring a couple pieces out on that. Doesn't want to give it away, Adam. He's, <laughs> yeah, Elo, let's let's do a bet off air. Uh, let's go a, a minute and seven. You want the over or the under? <laughs> I will go under. I can't wait to see what he's going to break down during the basketball season. <laughs> yeah, I've got. Uh, a, I'm, I'm working on a plan for that. That's going to be a little. Man, a, UCF lost again. Moving on <laughs> <laughs> for your big t- big twelve second. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll have to figure. I I I think I got an idea for basketball because that's obviously with the multi- multitude of games and things like that. That's going to be a little more challenging. But uh, yeah, I think I can make a minute this week and probably next. 
Okay. Then I used to I did a minute of softball content for them. So if I could do that, uh, Jeff, you could yeah. you could pull it. Well, to be fair, Eric did it with like a gale force wind in his face too. So he was <laughs> hair yes. was going everywhere. Yeah. So I mean, yes. he added some elements to yes. it as well. Yeah. Yes. My so I think it got closer to two minutes last week when I was trying to break down the Big Twelve playoffs. To which you guys said, "Yeah, he really didn't tell us anything. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. Pick, you didn't pick a winner. We have no idea what you were picking. I think you're. I saw. I know you had one that was over two minutes. I think. I think it's the longest I've seen. But yeah, you wouldn't admit it. In 58 and didn't tell us who was going to win. So we don't know what to do with that. Well, it's because I had no idea. So <laughs> fair. Nobody does. Nobody does. All right. Well, guys, thanks again, man. I always enjoyed uh, doing the, the media spotlight uh, edition of the show. And uh, we will talk again soon. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs.